Hey everyone, and welcome to an episode of Life According to Us with Leah and Shayla. As promised, we're going to give you the real, unfiltered, raw truth on today's topic from our point of view. Alright guys, hello again to another episode of Leah and Shayla. Life According to Us. So, um... This is going to be a fun and interesting episode, I think. It is. Um, it's the one that we've spoke a lot about off, I want to say off camera. Off, off air. Off air, yeah. And, um, you know, now we're just going to have a conversation for the pod and uh, let you guys hear our thoughts and hopefully get feedback from you to hear what you guys have to say. Um, but before we do that, Shayla, how you doing? How's that? I am great. That's good. Life is good. Life is great. Okay. Taking it all in stride. I feel you. Let me see. I feel like it's something else I should say, but I don't have the word. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um, yeah, life is good for me. Like, the weather is good. It's hot as shit. It is hot. Here. It's um, that kind of heat where, like, when you outside and you come inside, it's taking you a long time to cool out because it's yeah. like you hot down to your bones. I remember when I first moved here, I was just like, this heat is so fucking oppressive. Like, it, it's not like that. It's hot in Georgia, but it's a different, it's like a dry heat out here. And it's like. Baby, that Texas heat. Up here in Dallas. Girl, you been to Houston in the summertime? We went, but I don't think it was summer. When did we go? Baby, you need to go to Houston. No, I'm sure. In July and August. <laughs> I'm good. Because that's that humid Yeah. Heat. You're going to die. But I actually feel like I like a little humidity. I don't know if I need as much humidity as Houston has, but something. But Dallas will fuck you up, too, though. Yeah. It's hot as shit. Hot as fuck. Um, but anyways, um, so as you guys know, we are still kind of in quarantine, I guess. Not really. Everything's open up outside, but um, not everyone has gone back to work. No. And um, lately, this is June 5th, mm-hmm. so I think this is probably, what, um, 10 days of protest and oh, yeah. and rioting, so to speak, from, um, you know, in result of George Floyd. the death of George, George Floyd. Um, so, today's topic, um, we're just going to get right into it. We're going to skip all the hot topics. I kind of feel like skipping the drink of the day, too. Yeah. Just because this is just... It's it's more of a serious matter here today. Yeah, and it's just so much to discuss and just kind of put out there. Hopefully um, drop some gems. Like, I think my goal for this conversation is for someone who doesn't think like me to hopefully hear, like, our point of view as African-American females in America... And like I don't, you don't have to necessarily change your point of view overnight. That's not what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. But just like drop a seed of thought. You know what I'm saying? To make you like, you know what? She's making some good points. Let me think about this a little bit deeper. Get the perspective of someone else, and you know, just contemplate life. Well, my point, my purpose for this conversation is to get all the whites. <laughs> <laughs> To that, you know, I mean, because you're never going to understand what black people go through or how we live. Yeah. But I need you. I want, I, I at least want to say something that strikes a nerve where you be like, damn. Yeah. That's fucked up. Like, when I, I feel like if you can get to that point, then you can, like, you, you, you actually can feel something for the black experience that, that, that we have here in America. Because I think sometimes when you're not, it's like out of sight, out of mind. When something doesn't directly affect you. You know, you know, you really don't, like, try to sympathize with it. You don't really think about it. Mm-hmm. And if you too far removed from it, you feel like it doesn't exist anymore or whatever. And I, I just need some white folks and even folks that are not black to yeah. feel like that's, that's fucked up. And to understand that, yeah, a lot of minorities, different minority groups have their own struggles, especially when it comes to discrimination. But living in a country that was never created for you to accept you as an equal human being, at, let alone, but to accept you as an equal, to live in a country that's, that 
that's woven into the fabric of this nation, like it's a whole different experience being, you know, and I'm not trying to take away from anybody else's experience, Chinese, Latino, whatever, but like being black in America, it's a death sentence sometimes. Yeah. And I need people to know that. Yeah. Don't don't say like, oh, you know, what can I do? It's something that you could do, but you you'll never be able to walk in our shoes. Anyway, let's go ahead and get to the conversation. That's my <laughs> that's my goal. I want some white folks to understand. Like, look, we have a different reality, you know, here in this country, uh, black and white people. We have two totally different realities, and I hopefully through this podcast, this episode today, I can we can enlighten you on the reality that is us that yeah. we have. Right. So, drop some knowledge, basically, uh, and hopefully people that are different than us will take some of this shit and run with it, hopefully. Okay, so, today's topic is basically, uh, dear white people. <laughs> like, dear white people, what well, we need you to know. Yes, like, what the fuck are you not understanding? What the fuck is it that, what what's making it so hard for you? Again, like Shayla said, like, I don't expect you to understand my experience because you won't, ever. But, like, how can you look at somebody dying in front of you and still make up some type of shit to justify it as yep. being wrong? Like, I don't get that shit. Because, personally, and maybe that's just me as a person, I don't know. But, like, even little shit, like, if I run over an already dead animal on the street, like, just my car go over and I see it in the street, I feel some type of way. Hell you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I'm like, ugh. Like, something in my body just kind of cringes a little bit. So... The idea of actually taking a life, like a human life, is mind-boggling. And then on top of the fact that you try to justify that shit. Like, that's crazy to me. Hell yeah, it's crazy. Because how is one life more important than the other? And let's let's look at this. So why is it that every time somebody's killed a black person, why is it that we can't just accept that for what it is? Why do you have to go back into that person's past yeah. to bring up all the mistakes that they, they've made? Every, most people, majority of the people have done things in their past that they are, you know, not so proud of, might be a little ashamed of, and just don't need nobody to bring it up. And so why does somebody doing something 20 years ago justify their death now? Like, you know, what if even if he was drunk or whatever the case may be, let's say he was under the influence of something or whatever the case may be, he wasn't going to be dead had that police officer not bothered him. Had the police officer not put his, head, his knee on his neck, that man would have still been alive. Right. Like, I heard people say, um... You know, he was he was under the influence, he was drunk, he had a heart condition. Bitch, we probably all got heart Most conditions or something underlying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's let's put a pin let's put a pin in that conversation because I got something for that one. Yeah. So we're gonna come back to most black people having like high blood pressure and other shit, because it's a reason for that. But anyway, um, like if he did have a heart condition or whatever, or any other underlying disease, that didn't kill him. What killed him was suffocation, asphyxiation. Yeah. That's what killed him. And when somebody, when you got a hundred and something pounds on your neck, damn near almost close to 200 pounds on your neck, you're going to die too, no matter right. what else you got going on with you. And somebody telling you they can't breathe, really? So it was his heart that gave out? You know, except the fact that a human life was taken, let's say color off of this, another human life was taken. White people have, white people have more sympathy or even empathy for a fucking dog being killed. Right. Versus another human being being killed that happens to be black. That's crazy to me. You will fucking fight for a dog's rights. <laughs> That's Nigga. crazy to me. Dogs can't even go to work. Like, do they bring home checks and shit? Do they? Hell, fuck no. No. Like, this part. They will fight for a dog, you know, to be saved. They will fight for elephants over in Africa. Or seals. Like, I ain't never seen a seal in my life. Like. They will, well, I have, but they will fight for all these animal rights, but for a black person to be killed, it's like you go silent. Yeah. And, like, now we got people protesting and white folks protesting. All right, cool. And now, like, we talked about this earlier, we got white folks being extra nice to us. Yeah. Going out your way to speak. <laughs> Bitch. Yeah. That's, that's like your mama telling you, go speak to such and such. Like, you're not doing it because you want to. You're yeah. doing it because you feel like you, now it's your obligation. Right. And my thing for that is just, like, how long is this going to sustain? Like, we are in the midst of, you know, 
low-key race war at the end of the day. Not even low-key, high-key. High-key. Um, and High now, key. you know, you have your allies, quote-unquote, and, you know, your wannabe allies and friendly people who are going out their way to be nice and say something and try to relate to you. But, okay, so once this shit is over, because it's, it's going to go, it's going to blow over. You can't sustain... Um, these protests and riots for that long. Because I feel like what Rodney King's riots were for how long? Shit, 10 days, 16 days? Yeah. It, wasn't that. It, was, so, it was for a couple weeks. So, and that, you know, like, you can't sustain this shit forever in the day. So, once the protest and rioting and all this shit stops and the spotlight is taken off of this man's life and spotlight is taken off of racism, what are we going to do beyond that? You know what I'm Brave saying? Like, how are they going to act when we go back to our everyday, normal, quote-unquote, lives? Like, are you still going to take the time to speak to me like you're doing now? Yeah. Are you still going to take the time to try to empathize with what I'm going through? Are you still going to try to take the time to, like, you know, say I was the first white person to do so and so <laughs> yes. black people? Like, I have black friends. Yeah, I have black. I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> that's just, that's something that kind of weighs on me. But... Another thing, speaking of justification, is like the fact that this man died over a counterfeit $10, $20 bill, whatever it was. Like, a lot of us probably now are walking around or have walked around in our lives with some fake money and didn't even know it. Didn't even know didn't it. Didn't even know it. But and you have like, ways to check for that. Yeah. And like, people check, and I feel like the most they'll probably do is what? Check you to jail for a night or some shit? Dude, it like, was $20. Who he cares? He had another twenty dollars in his bill. Like, oh my fault. Let me give you another one. Who you know cares? what I'm saying? Like, yeah. shit like that. And then half the time, niggas don't even be checking for that shit. I remember, I like now if I pay with cash, which I suddenly do, if I pay with cash and like the um, cashier checks my shit, I'm lucky offended because I'm like, bitch, what the fuck? Right. Like, right. Do you think I'm gonna purposely give you some fake? Like, who purposely does that shit? White people. White people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or like the people, like the people that are, you know, that Not actually us. that that try to uh, hijack people's accounts. You know, people that uh, deal with money laundering and all that stuff. They're more likely to have counterfeit but, money. Yeah. Than your average black person. I feel like niggas don't have time to be like, oh, let me make this fake ass. You know, like we don't have time for that. Girl, that's just not our thing. Like, you yeah. probably rob you, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll take your shit first. Right, before we start making fake <laughs> shit. <laughs> but, yeah. So. That was a bad joke. Sorry. But, um, we didn't want too bad, because it's kind of true. Um, I just I just think, like, don't be trying to come. Don't be. Mm, my grandma's off. Don't try to come out with these reasons to justify this man's death. Yeah. You know, it was wrong, and it was on TV. And that's what's even pissing me off. You know, okay, let me backtrack a little bit. When I heard about George Floyd and saw, like, the video circulating online, the first thing that ran through my mind was, like, dang, they got another one. And the fact that I said, dang, they got another one, like, that means this is becoming too normal. Yeah. It's way too normal. And think about this, like, it's kind of like how they say when you catch a man cheating, that's the first time you caught him cheating, but it's not the first time that he cheated. Right. So how many other cases are literally out there that we don't know about? And like when we hear about um, Ahmaud Aubrey and Breonna Taylor, those are people that they've been dead for months and we didn't know about it until now. Like how many other people have lost their lives that we don't know about and these people have will never be brought to justice? Like I, the, I've been on my social media cleanse or whatever fast and so I've seen, before I went on it, I saw like how celebrities were posting and just regular people, they were posting um, names of people and like what happened to them. All the black people that got killed either by cops or they were in their homes. Mm-hmm. The number of people that I saw that were killed in their homes by police officers was like alarming. I was like, is this really happening? It's that many people? Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, and the reality of black America, folks, is, is that we're we're not safe. We're not safe in this country. You're not even safe at your own home. You can't even defend your own home without somebody trying to kill you. Yeah. And I'm like, this, like, it's, it's not fair. You know, it's not fair. And it's just, it's, it, it, it puts another um, 
level of stress on you. And that's why I said earlier, earlier, let's go back to, you know, black people having high blood pressure. Cause I saw a clip and it made sense. Like if anybody's familiar with Jane Elliott, she's a white lady professor and all that. She's very active and vocal in the black experience, which I do appreciate that because she, she really tries to create situations where white people can't even get a little bit of a glimpse into what it's like you know, what this world is like through the eyes of a black person. And so she did this segregation, this racism uh, example, and she divided the kids, her students, based on their eye color, all this and all that. But before she actually did the experiment, she talked to the kids, talked to the students. And she was like, you know, when I had you guys, when I, when I brought you in, I had you guys separated based on your eye color and the way I'm talking to you, this, that, and the other. She was like, how did you feel? She was like, talking to a, a white woman. She was like, I didn't, the white woman said, I didn't feel good. I didn't like it. And she was like, you know, me talking down to you, me making sure that you know that I'm better than you, me, um, even right now, you're not making eye contact with me. She was like, why are you not making eye contact with me? She was like, because I'm angry. She was like, and so if you made eye contact with me, what do you think would happen? It would probably make me even more angry than what I am. And she was like, think about that as you're operating through life as a black man or a black woman. The fact that you have to really try to look like you're happy when you're not, or you know you have to bite your tongue and suppress, that's, that's what kills people. That's what causes heart disease and heart attacks and high blood pressure. You have to suppress your feelings and you have to suppress the, your anger to operate in this world. And that's what she was trying to get them to understand. You have to suppress how you feel. And think about this, you're only doing it for a few minutes. Think about doing that for 50 or 60 years right. of your life. Right. Can you imagine? And then I think it's even worse for black men. It is. Oh, it definitely is. You have to suppress your anger. You can't defend yourself. If I defend, if, if a black man defends himself or he questions somebody who's posing a threat to him, he's killed. Mm-hmm. Why is it that I can't question the police officer? Why, why did you pull me over? Why is it an instant attitude? Yeah. But white folks can do it. Have you, I know somebody showed me that video where the white... The white man, a white man got pulled over by the police mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was hitting at the, like he was like um, swinging at the police officer with an axe. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. I'm not surprised. <laughs> but no, not surprised. there were two police officers out there and nobody drew a gun. Of course, they don't no, have to. This dude, dude, he's swinging at you with an axe. Yeah. That means he's armed with a weapon and he doesn't mind chopping your head off. He's armed with a weapon, swinging at you. Neither one of those police officers pulled any guns on him. Nobody tased him. Nobody like did anything. But you got a man, Philando Castile, in his car with his girlfriend, his four-year-old, talking about, hey, I want to let you know I'm licensed to carry. And that police officer fires on him uh, right there in his, like he's sitting in the car. That man didn't even take, like, he didn't have, he, the gun wasn't put drawn or anything like that. He's letting you know, like, look, I have one and I'm licensed to carry. And that, uh, that made the officer shoot. Yeah. But I think with them, when it comes to looking at a white person doing some crazy shit like that, they justify it as, oh, he's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Versus, this is someone that's trying to harm me. Like, yes, he's trying to harm me, but he's crazy. Something mentally is unstable so with this man. now we take but, into account that he's mentally unstable. Yeah, but if it was a black man doing that shit, oh, he's a criminal. He's, you know, like, all this shit. He was intentionally trying to do this shit. And it's like, bruh, no, nigga, like, that's not the case. So, that's sickening. It is. But it's, that's it's the reality of America. But another thing I think was black very America. sad. I think this is another topic we might need to speak on, but probably one when we have a male guest but just like black men and how they're able to excuse me not able to truly be themselves in any aspect of the arena because like even in the black community it's kind of frowned upon for a man to express his emotions you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like if a black man cries they're like like we don't know what to do you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so or if a black man goes to therapy and expresses you know mental health issues or depression or some shit like that like we as a black community don't really know how to react to that because mm-hmm. it's, so, it's such a stigma of you have to be strong, mm-hmm. don't let them see you cry, mm-hmm. like, you know, gotta be strong at all times, mm-hmm. never weak, like, all this type of shit. But 
you know, black men have emotions, they have feelings, they get sad. And, and like, even with that, why do we make emotions a gender thing? Emotions yeah. are a human thing. Right. People, all people have emotions. And the fact that we teach men, especially black men, to suppress those emotions, shit, that's why they always angry. Yeah. Because that, that, that weighs on you or whatever. And, like, that all goes back to slavery. When people are selling you away from your family, when they're, like, taking you from your homeland, when they are, you know, doing things to you, you're expected just to take it because you're not seen as a human being. And if I see, if you start crying, if you express your emotion, then I have to recognize the humanity that's in you or the, you know, the human side of you. And I don't want to do that yeah. because now, now what I'm doing to you, you know, enslaving you, robbing you or stripping you of your dignity, stripping you of your natural born rights. Now I have to recognize that you're a human being that I'm causing harm to. But since you're a property, you're not allowed to have emotions because then I don't have to face, you know, the, the wrong that I'm doing towards you or committing towards you or whatever. Like, that's crazy how they would justify stuff. And that's how sometimes, like, I get, now I'm going to kind of switch gears a little bit. I sometimes can understand why people, sometimes black people have a hard time, or those who are kind of a, little, a tad bit more woke, <laughs> have a hard time accepting Christianity. Mm. Because that was a religion, or, you know, the Bible was used to justify slavery. Mm. Or whatever. And like, you know, if we were to go back and trace our roots, would we be Christians? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we probably wouldn't be. Yeah, and like Christianity, like, and if you look at it, like, no, I'm not saying nothing bad about Christianity. I'm a Christian too. <laughs> but if you look at it, anytime Christianity was put on a people, it was always put on by violent force. Native Americans. Mm-hmm. If you didn't, if you didn't uh, convert, you were killed. You were enslaved. Uh, of course, African Americans were forced to follow the the plantation owners' religion. They were not allowed to worship how they used to worship back in Africa. Even in Africa, you had European countries coming in, colonizing. And of course, when you colonize, and you turn, you're trying to convert as many people over, or you converting them into Catholics and stuff like that. But it's always by force. It wasn't necessarily by by choice. Right. And so when you look at it like that, it's like, why am I following a religion that was used to suppress me and enslave my people or whatever? So, I mean, I can get it in that aspect, but, you know, I don't want to get too far deep into that religion thing. I can yeah, that's, a, about that's that. a different topic. Yeah, that's a whole different topic. <laughs> but once again, like, you know, <clears throat> and people like, black folks, I mean, we, have, we, we do have a lot to be mad about. We do. We have a lot to be mad about. But the fact that, you know, even still, we can still smile through a lot of stuff shows just how strong our culture is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whereas white people take it as, um, oh, they're aggressive or they're, you know, they're just so harsh. It's not even like that. It's that we're taught to be strong because we know the odds are stacked against us. And you just have to carry on the best way you know how. And that's the only way that black people know how to carry on is to, you know, just keep pushing. You can't sit there and dwell in it. I'll never forget, I was at um, Walmart. I was in the checkout line. And this guy, this white guy was in front of me. And he he was like, he was ashamed that he only had about maybe $50 or $60 to pay for his groceries. And he had to put something back or whatever. And so I, I remember looking at the cashier's face. She was a black woman. And when he when he left or whatever, she was like, because I was listening on everything. And she was like, I can't believe him. Like, you know, you're embarrassed that you got this amount. She was like, throughout history, black people haven't even had that much sometimes. But they made a way. And they don't apologize for what they have because they're going to make it do what it do. And I remember my mama telling me one time, she was like, you know, it's crazy how white people are killing themselves when they go bankrupt. Or when they, you know, lose a job, you, you commit suicide. But think about how many times black people have not been given jobs because they're black, not been allowed to vote. You're not allowed to live here. You're not allowed to work here. You're not allowed to drive this car. Think about how many times we could have committed suicide, but we did. Yeah. Like, if you look at it, white people, if they had to go fucking a day in our shoes, they would probably fucking be crazy. Like, legit, legit crazy. And they'll be like, oh, okay, I understand why you guys feel this way. But they don't have... I kind of thought I look at it as a luxury because I look at us as being such strong individuals as a community. Like, 
we don't have to worry about shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, someone who's so indebted to their job that they'll kill themselves, like, I don't force, never saying that, not saying it's never happened to a black man before, but I don't foresee any black person going through something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like they'll be sad for a good maybe 24 hours or whatever. <laughs> and then you'll probably have somebody in your corner, hopefully, strong enough to be like, bro, like, it could be so much worse. You know what I'm saying? Like, you still have your life, whatever, whatever. You have someone supporting But I guess white people are weak. <laughs> they are because I had to say that. You, they not, they, they, they haven't been put in positions where they had to overcome. Yeah. You know, no matter what, like you haven't been put in that position. And like you know, even though like I mean, my parents weren't slaves, my grandparents weren't slaves, but the the what you call it, like the mentality or the thought processes of slaves and how they had to divide have, have been passed down. Like yeah. we had to learn how to operate in a society that was not created for us. Right. You know, and that's crazy. You gotta learn how to play a game that wasn't ever meant for you to play. Yeah. And you gotta be good at that shit. And you gotta you gotta really like watch who you talking to. And like they'll say sometimes they'll say some of the most offensive stuff. But if I complain about it, you know, I you know, you taking it too seriously. It's not that it's it's not that deep. But let me say something about them. Oh, my God, she's so offensive. She's so aggressive. Like, why is what I'm saying aggressive, but I have to take yours with a grain of salt? Like, you saying the same right. thing. And, like, why people don't understand, like, I told you the story about my coworker. He was like, why are most white people made out to be villains? Because y'all are. Anytime you take a, um, a group of people and you, you deem them inferior based on just skin color alone, that's a fucking problem. You are a villain. And when you have to use force to keep somebody in, when you have to use violence to keep somebody in check, what does that say about you? Right. But I think, again, that goes back to the whole emotions of slavery. Like, I feel like another reason why our black men are the way they are is because during slavery, if I feel like if a black man showed his love for a woman, master may take this woman away from you just to hurt you you know what i'm saying like you have to hide and suppress your emotions more as a defense mechanism than anything else but you know what that is think about it when you have a family structure when you have your family you have your wife and your kids you're willing to do any and everything to make sure they're safe Mm -hmm. so you can find strength in your family unit and Mm -hmm. like i mean if your family is just that tight y'all gonna do whatever to make sure that everybody's good and so, I mean, people recognize that. White people recognize that shit back then. So if I, well, the first way to break you down is to make you alone, to isolate you. Right. That's, a, that's the key to an abusive relationship. If I can isolate you, I got you all to myself. If I can get into your head, which they did, if I can make you solely dependent on me, and which they did, if I can make you, uh, keep you uneducated, which they did, then I got you. Yeah. You know, they always talking about there were, no, there were no fences around plantation because I was in your head. And where you gonna go? Right. And like in in that day and age, shit, like you black, so it's gonna be your word against theirs, or your word against a white person. Then they gonna always go with the white person. You had no rights. So if you did run away, shit, where you going? Right. But that shit is crazy. Yeah. What were we talking about? How do we get started on this? I mean, I know it's, it's dear <laughs> white people, but I was trying to get back, round back to the to the topic. Um, I think like didn't we, what we talking about like the strength of people like the strength of black people versus white people and I think we stumbled into that we just we stumbled into that yeah I don't know let's keep going <laughs> what else some dear white people what else do you need to know y'all they need to know a lot of shit but like another thing for me is um I think I'm gonna keep saying this like the sustainability like I know it's a hot topic now, racism, which is, it should always be a hot topic. It should always be in the forefront of people's minds. But, like, how are we as black people going to sustain this shit? Oh, you talking about with the protesting and stuff mm-hmm. like that? I'm telling you, like, we got to protest in a uh, different way. We got to protest in a more effective way. Yeah. And, like, I still go back to, like, you know, us supporting, keeping the black dollar within the black community as much as possible, as long as possible. Like, when you look at studies, like, the black dollar doesn't stay in the black community even 24 hours. Yeah. Like, we, as soon as we get paid, we spend it supporting somebody else's business, you know, whatever the case may be. 
Like, we really need to make an effort. Like, black business owners, yeah, I mean, you know, they need to put themselves out there more, show, just showcasing the different um, businesses you have so that we know what options are out there. Or, you know, if this is a time where you're thinking about starting a business, it's time to open up and create. It's time, it's time that we start supporting each other to the point where, you know, we can sustain ourselves. Yeah. You know, like with segregation, before before segregation, before integration, you know, when, when everything was most majority, majority segregated, the black community was pretty strong. We had mechanics. We had uh, restaurants grocery stores, different things where we could sustain ourselves within our own community and didn't necessarily have to go to a white person. Granted, we had to have those things in order to sustain ourselves, but like when something like this went down, we weren't necessarily affected in a way where we, we now have to, you know, support these, patronize these white businesses or whatever. I think we need to go back to that in order to sustain this protest and to show that, you know, black lives matter, the black dollar matters. Yeah. Like, it has a huge impact on our economy with these luxury brands. I think they understand that. That's why all these statements are coming out. They Hell understand yeah. the black do- dollar is very significant. Um, that's why they're trying to keep it. That yeah, I, that's that's just my opinion. Yeah. Now I, mean, I could be wrong. I don't know, but I think that's where we can start. And also too, like I feel like in order to sustain this, to keep protesting in a way that you know we can it has longevity, is to. Us, for one, recognize some of the weaknesses we have when it comes to a unit and us supporting each other just emotionally and men supporting, black men support your black women, black women support your black men, and we need to start fixing what's broken in us, you know, instead of just like feeling like it's okay not to seek help, not to seek counseling or whatever. We need to start healing wounds that have been open for generations. Some of the hurt and pain has been passed down from generation to generation. And it's, it's gonna take time, it's gonna take generations because it took many, many years for those wounds to open up as big as they are or whatever. And it's gonna take time for us to start healing those. And we need to start, like when we have babies, start teaching our children that we need to work together. Like everybody's not your enemy. You know, if you if you know a sister or a brother that's out there, you know, that's working really hard and you're working in a position where you can, if you're working in a leadership position or some kind of position where you can provide somebody with an opportunity for them to work, follow their dreams, like we need to do that. We need to start, those who are higher up need to start reaching down and pulling those up that deserve it. Because there's a lot of people that are struggling, trying to make it, trying to scratch their way to the top. And we need to look out for one another because white people do it. Yeah. They do it all the time. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is, um, that too, I'm a, I have two things going on in my head right now, but one thing to your point, I feel like we also need to uh, be able to critique each other, mm-hmm. but in a productive way and not be so sen- sensitive about certain shit and like when people try to help you, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, cause going back to Ooh. black businesses, like I love supporting black businesses. I buy from niggas. I don't even know <laughs> because, just because they're black, but then when you hit me with the unprofessionalism and like the slow service and I'm hunting you down to give you my money, then there's a problem. And when I try to like give you professional uh, criticism and like, or just you know, feedback. constructive, constructive yeah. feedback, yeah. constructive feedback in a way to hopefully help you better your business, you should not be like, oh, this bitch is hating. No, no. bro. Like, I'm trying to make I, sure you get more business. Yes, I'm <laughs> telling you like, it took you, you know, five, six months to give me my product when it should only take you, you know, okay. seven to ten business days mm-hmm. to have a long it takes to ship shit now. Like, it shouldn't take you this long to get my, sh- to give me my shit. And when I try to help you, like, understand that, don't take that as hate and I take that as, take that as a personal spite against you. Like, nah, bro, like, I'm trying to help you. So, mm. yes, Mm-mm-mm. I do think we need to support each other, but I do think we need to be able to, um, give constructive feedback in a way that helps us build I look at that as a form of support because like if how if am I really like helping you if I don't tell you where I see some of your weaknesses like yeah I feel like that's support that's what you would do to your child like hey baby let me help you out here there whatever when you see them falling short in some whatever you know aspect of what they're doing yeah but not everyone sees that as support (laughs) I know I know so get out your feelings another thing um I actually watched this video I 
did a whole social media cleanse for like a week or whatever. Then I just got back on like today, recently, and um, I saw this video that was posted of this black lady. I'm not sure where she was, but she was pretty much explaining like, or trying to explain the reasoning behind the looting and, and robbing. And like, I kind of agree with her, but I kind of don't. Some points I do, some points I don't. The point that I did agree with her was like, uh, like have a white person imagine life as a Monopoly game. Like imagine playing, me and you playing a Monopoly game, hmm. 400 rounds, we go around, we play 400 times, but I can't acquire shit. For 400 rounds. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, everything I get, everything, like, all my money, you taking it. And then for 50 more rounds, everything I acquire, you, after that 50th round, you just start bombing shit. You know what I'm saying? You just take my shit. Like, Tulsa, bomb took this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just. And that happened everywhere. Yeah. And it's like all yeah. these, like, you know, Black Wall Street, all this shit. For 50 years, we segregated quote unquote but when I start acquiring money and acquiring property and acquiring shit you just decide you want to take it just randomly you know what I'm saying like just take my shit and, and then expect after those 450 rounds you be like oh, okay you good <laughs> you know what I'm saying you can start making money you can start doing what you want to do but you gotta catch up to what I got yeah after 400 like what the fuck right? but then for you to catch up with what I got you still gotta come to me for loans and stuff like yeah. that you know and we got redlining going on where people are being discriminated against you not giving the, the amount of money you need you know to sustain your business or even start up your business or you're just denied, denied oh, can't even talk deny loans period right. I'm just like how is somebody supposed to get ahead? And, like, I was listening to, and I know this for a fact, too, like, you know, with Dr. Martin Luther King, everything was all good. Yeah, you can march for civil rights. Mm-hmm. We shall overcome. But the minute he, and, like, Dr. King started saying, he, huh? I'm talking to myself. Oh. oh I'm sorry. Dr. King realized, like, in order for black folks to truly be equal, have a level playing field, it's going to, it's coming from an economic standpoint. If we're going to have a level playing field, we need to be able to get loans. We need to have a, a portion of the wealth in America or whatever. And that's when he was assassinated, when he started really pushing for <clears throat> economic equality among, you know, African-Americans. My folks are having that. Yeah. And that's why you got to, that's why we go back to saying the black dollar is powerful, you know. And black folks can do some things. We are some creative beings. We know how to make something out of nothing. And so whatever we have, and then think about it, you got culture vultures. I, I, black, black culture is rich. Right. And they know that. And that's right. why they try, they try to mimic with all the things that, that we come out with and they try to duplicate or whatever. But economic equality, that was, that was the main goal. That was going to be the next push, I feel like, in his um, civil rights movement before he was assassinated. Yeah. That's when he became a huge threat. It's just they always feel like if I give you something, so to speak, you're taking away from what I make. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's not how it works. Like, there's so much money in the world that it. Can I'm glad you said that. Around. It's so much money in the world. So, dear white people, know this: <laughs> just because there's enough sun for everybody, meaning. Just because I'm I'm doing well doesn't mean you're not gonna do well anymore. Right. Just because I'm becoming a multi-millionaire, a billionaire doesn't mean you can't become a multi-millionaire, a billionaire. Just because I'm over here succeeding doesn't doesn't take away from your success. Why can't we like coexist? Why can't our success you know come together, merge together, and we could be something even greater? Like everybody has something that they're good at. And if we're in the same kind of field, if we're doing the same kind of job, and I'm good in this lane, you're good in that lane, why can't we merge those two lines together and be great? Why is it that if I'm doing well, it's, you know, it's, it's seen as a bad thing? Right. And I go back to, like, um, like the 50s and the 60s, like, with my grandfather, I always thought, <clears throat> I always thought it was just weird. To, like, my grandfather made enough money to buy cars. Mm-hmm. But he always buy used cars. And like my dad said, because when he was working, if he came with a car that was better than his boss's, he would get fired. Why is that? Why am I not allowed to, you know, show the fruits of my labor? If I'm busting my ass or somebody's busting their ass every day and you saving your money, why can't I live in a nice house? 
Why can't I have nice clothes? Why can't I have a nice car? You do it. Right. Why, why is it that when a black man does it, all of a sudden, you think you better than me, boy? That shit's crazy. You think you better than me? No. Nigga, I just want good shit. Yeah. I like nice stuff, too. This car is going to shine. Just like that car that can't like shine in your, your, park, your driveway, it's going to shine in mine. I ain't trying to come over there to your stuff. I ain't burning down your stuff. I'm not coming to your house burning crosses. I'm not writing, uh, you know, cracker all over your garage, spray painting your shit. Why you got to come to mine? Yeah. What is, white people, why is that? What's wrong with folks, black folks having nice things? Do you think it's like pride and ego? Hell yeah, it's pride and ego. Like, even with, with um, the officer killing George, George Floyd, he did that. Like, he's, he already had seven bodies under his belt. And he, uh, and it, that's an, sorry, <laughs> that's another thing that's so fucking crazy to me. This nigga has so many write-ups. Like, how many times are you going to let someone go without having any true repercussions? Like, that's what I think is, like, another thing that's disgusting. Yeah, but that's one thing that I think, like, a, a lot of people are talking about defund the police department, all that type of shit, which I don't necessarily agree with because I feel like if you defund, it's just going to make them a little bit more angry than what they already have. They're already not really working for much because I know niggas who are police officers. They don't make that much money. So they it's don't. not like they're really making that much. But it's the fact that they don't have any repercussions for their shit. Like, I think, I don't know what their training is, but I think if you actually put in some, like, punishment for killing a nigga or for pulling out your weapon when you don't need to or, like, doing some shit that, you know, is against your protocol, you have to, I don't know, take a pay cut, ride the desk. I don't know. Get fired. Get fired. Whatever the punishment (laughs) is for a fucking police officer, for him to realize, I'm not going to do that again. Like, this motherfucker should not be walking around with 18 motherfucking write-ups. You know like, that's crazy. Over, like, harming people, killing yeah. people. Like, this isn't the first time. And that's 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 another sickening part of this. And, like, why is it that, like, to become a police officer, you don't have to go through more psychiatric evaluations and, you know, just more qualification certifications? Like, why is it so easy for these mentally unstable people to get behind this badge and this gun and police the area. I think even with that, like, if you're going to become a policeman, you need to police the area that you grew up in. Yeah. Or take, like, go live there for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you can actually understand who the people that you're yeah. uh, you're working with and people like that you're protecting. It's different when, okay, like, let's say I became a police officer in my neighborhood. And, you know, those are the majority of the folks, you know, grew up with me. They know me. I know them. I know how they operate. Like, every time, you know, somebody's coming at you, it doesn't mean that they're trying to hurt you. Yeah. Or whatever. And sometimes you need to, you, people, the general public needs to feel safe when police officers are in their neighborhood. Like, you see a cop car, especially when you see some white folks behind the wheel of that cop car coming through your neighborhood, the first thing in your head, like, oh, shit, here they, who they come, finna come fuck with. Yeah. You know, because you, you already know, it's like, you get this. I don't know what to call it, but you get this feeling that, that just kind of comes over you like, okay, what's this going to be like? Here they come. And you don't understand. It's like even with teaching. People ask me all the time, well, how does such and such work so well for you? Because I understand him. Like, I understand, like, how they think and how they operate. Every kid that's acting out isn't, isn't dumb. Yeah. Every kid that's acting out isn't, like, necessarily uh, emotionally unstable. Just like white kids, when their parents go through a divorce... They feel that shit, you know, and they get angry and they, they show in a certain ways. Now, a white teacher will understand that. Yeah. Same thing with these black kids. When their parents are going through stuff, if their parents are on drugs, if their parents aren't showing them love, it comes out in their behavior. And if you would talk to a kid, especially kids that are in middle school now, like I talk to a lot of my kids or whatever, you know, the ones I can tolerate. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I talk to a lot of them, and, like, they'll tell me about other teachers. They be like, man... And, like, with black kids, this is another thing. Like, black kids ain't going to trust you until they know you. Right. They got, and we as people, until we know you, the first thing we're going to be like, I don't know her like that. Yeah. You know, and then, like, white. Built in our DNA because we don't trust Yeah. <laughs> and white people always, like, oh, he's so standoffish. Or, you know, he won't talk to me because he don't know you. Yeah. You know, you don't remind him of his mama. So when you fussing at him, you know, that's somebody that's trying to, like, you know, 
I guess flex their authority with him and he doesn't see it as love. Whereas when I fuss at him, I'm like his mom or his grandma or his auntie. You know, I'm, I'm not coming from a place where I'm trying to demean you, but I'm coming from a place of love. Because those women, they love him but still fuss at him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, you have to, and with these kids, they don't even trust me sometimes. But I show them over time and I let them know, like, I'm going to always fuss at you. Yeah. You know, I'm a always, and I only do that because I love you and I see the greatness in you. And like, why people don't know how to talk, speak that into into kids, mm-hmm. like we can. And you know, it it just, it just comes from a place of love. That's why I always feel too, like teachers. That's why we need more African American male teachers yeah, in with these true. boys because they understand, they see world from a different perspective as well, and they can and they can you know pour into them because these boys need it. Or whatever, and like white people, just just know that don't always you can't all you're not gonna always be able to. Um, I, I'm coming from an educated standpoint now. You're not gonna always be able to like reach a kid, especially if they don't look like you. Mm-hmm. And don't get offended when they don't latch on to you. Yeah. Don't get offended by that. It's just from it's just a human nature. You're gonna gravitate to what looks like you. If you're in a different place, you're gonna gravitate to those that look like you because in some straight some form some way you guys share the same culture. You you share some of the same experiences. Where if I go in, I see a whole bunch of Beckys and Karens. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't know what I'm going through. Right. You know you don't see reality the same as I do. That's why it's very important. For like police officers, anybody that's in some kind of law enforcement or serving the law in some kind of capacity or whatever, like it's it's important that you like go back to your neighborhoods or enforcing your neighborhoods. Let the people see your faces. Be a part of like the recreation centers, the games. Like let the, and like um, one of the guy officer uh, officer Norman, he's a white guy or whatever. I, I forgot what state he's in. in but, Michigan or something? Huh? Is that one in Michigan? I don't think he's in Michigan. I think he's down south somewhere. Or oh, whatever. I forgot. I'm going to look at uh, His name is uh, Tommy Norman. Okay. I'm just thinking about the guy, the police chief who, like, was at the protest and spoke to people. Is that what you're talking about right now? No. Okay. But, yeah. So, while she's looking that up. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just went. <laughs> uh-huh. There was something you were going to speak to, a point that you made. I was going to speak to it, and I forgot what it was that quickly. Um... <laughs> I hate that. I know. It's like sometimes, like just in conversation, you can one thing triggers another thought. It's, yeah, it's it's hard to kind of stay with it, but we doing it. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, but um, anyways, I do think um, there needs to be punishment and repercussions for niggas who fuck up in any profession. Like doctors have fucking malpractice insurance. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like yes, something that is able to punish and truly make these people accountable for their actions mm-hmm. um, so they don't continue to just they should. kill it. Any, in any other profession, when you get too many write-ups, you out of there. Right. That's what, when I say he had like 18 or some shit, I was like, that is fucking ridiculous. The fact that you had multiple deaths. Yeah. Nobody raised the eyebrow? Like, my thing, I feel like it should be like a, three strikes is too much, but. It is. At least the three strikes you're out. Like, 18, my nigga? And this nigga's still out in the streets and just living his best life? That's crazy. Living his best life. He gives no fuck. And I still go back to the fact that when he killed George and anybody else that he killed, he went home. Yeah. Chilling. Like, okay, my shift is over. I'm about to go home and eat some dinner. Yeah. And, like, you, the fact that, you know, this video leaked, it got out, I mean, well, not leaked, but this video went viral uh, uh, all over the world. Uh-huh. That's the only reason why he got convicted. Had that, who, had that girl not been there or whatever to record that, we would have never known about George. Uh, this officer would have still been on his beat. He would have still been uh, employed uh-huh. in just another day. Just another nigga dead. Yeah. And it's not, and it's like you're not gonna realize the impact that, or uh, the negative impact that you're having on the community until that same shit starts happening to you. Yeah. And like, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Like, I don't see a white man getting pulled over <clears throat> and killed by the police officers ever happening anytime soon. That's crazy. Let that happen. Let that happen one time. That's fucking crazy. That officer gonna be under the jail. Yeah. First of all, they're not gonna even draw a gun on him. Let a black officer kill a white man. 
on a trap on a routine Ooh, quote unquote routine traffic stop. That man ain't gonna hang that officer. Yeah. Do you know this is so crazy to me? I saw on I think Instagram today where Camilla Harris uh, presented a bill to make lynching a federal crime, and some motherfucker killed that shit dead. Like it did not pass at all. The fact that lynching is, is not a fucking federal crime. crime right now is ridiculous. But the fact that people, black people at that, have been fighting to get lynching, you know, uh, be, become a federal crime. They've been fighting for that since the 1800s. But the fact, it's still not. Where Ida B. Wells and all these other black activists then, even now. You mean to tell, like, the fact that and we someone, still talking about lynching? someone voted no. Like, that's what's surprising. To, that's not, I think that's little bit more heartbreaking than anything else is the fact that we're in 2020 and someone's still saying no it's okay for lynching to occur and not be a federal and you're okay publicly saying no writing on your on the so we're gonna start white people are gonna start getting lynched then it'll be have you ever seen a white people white person hanging from a tree on a tv show I'm Watch talking about from in our, in our history. <laughs> no. I haven't even seen it on a TV show. Show me that TV show. Because I've never seen a white person hanging from a tree. Watchmen on HBO. Oh, that's so That's about Tulsa. That's right. Uh, but, okay, that's TV. That's TV. Let's talk about it. In Let's real talk life. about in, in real life, life I, these documentaries. Never, even in, like, history books and, you know, old pictures, I've never seen a white man hanging from a tree. Personally, I haven't. There might be some out there. I can't say in, you know, however many years of civilization of America that there's never been a white man lynched, but I've never seen a picture of it. Probably the only white people that may have been lynched were the ones fighting for equal rights for black folks. Yeah. That was or, probably it. I mean, probably back, they pro- I could see them, like, hanging some witches or some shit. You know, if you, like, burn white people the, that they thought were witches. Girl, oh, yeah. <laughs> they could probably hang some or something like that. That's but, true. You know, it's... But I don't even think that shit was on a regular basis. No, it wasn't. Hell, we thought you thought she was conjuring up spirits. I mean, evil spirits at that. Like I can almost see that. Versus like, oh, you know, I'm looking at a white woman. I might have winked. You thought I winked at a white girl. Let me let me lynch you. Let me kill you. And you killing kids. Why put it in perspective? Okay, so I went to a PWI. We were actually talking about colleges earlier, and like. I went to a PWI, and there were so many cases of, you know, white boys getting in trouble for assaulting a white girl or, you know, raping them when they were drunk, whatever. But imagine some shit like that happening, like a frat white boy assaulting a white a white lady, and she was lynched. And he was lynched, I'm sorry. Damn. I can't see that happen. That would never, never happen, because he would barely go to jail. You know what I'm saying? What the fuck are you doing? Who? <laughs> I'm taking getting content for our social media. Oh my god! I'm trying to take a picture of my shirt. I might have you do it in the middle of a podcast. Okay. Dude, I was trying to get content. Like, look I, at my shirt. I thought you were trying to take a selfie for a nigga. I'm like, Ew. Do no, look at my shirt. Oh, okay, it's a nice shirt. I like it. Thank you. That's all. Trying to, it goes perfectly with. I did it. I wore it for today's episode. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so I feel like all this stuff that we're being accused of, or black men being accused of, and, you know, punished for, if a white guy was to do it, then that'd be crazy. They've done it. Can we? Can okay? So let's let's talk about that. When you when you talk about a white man, you know, doing something to a white woman or whatever. Let's let's even even that in itself. White men have the most privilege. In this country, because they do assault these women. Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein or whatever. Yeah, like <laughs> President Trump. <laughs> right, and nothing happened. Why is Nothing happened. Finally, he got convicted or whatever. And just the fact that they are, and like for years, they 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 terrorize women, they objectify women, they they you know they're so inappropriate with women and just violate their. Excuse me, sister security or whatever, and nothing happens to them. Women are silenced. Mm-hmm. Their voices get basically hushed. And I'm like, and they go they go on and nobody thinks about the trauma that you have caused to that woman. And that's kind of like with black people. The <clears throat> the trauma that's embedded in us, in our it, pretty much in this DNA right now, the trauma that's embedded in our DNA is is never gonna die. 
It's never going to die. Like, it's going to always be there. We are traumatized. And it happens all the time. And, like, people, what, what makes me upset is that's kind of like, I'm glad we're doing the show. Like, different white people, what we need you to know, racism still exists. <clears throat> and it's going to always exist until y'all fix it. Yeah, it's not our problem. It's not my problem. That's not my burden to bear because we didn't start that shit. Yeah. It's, it's going to always be there until you guys fix that shit. And you need to start. And, like, you guys need to realize, like, we are not the enemy. You know, sometimes we are a victim of our surroundings and what's going on to us, going going on with us. And, like, when you treat people like an animal all the time, you're going to start acting like a what? Animal. You're going to start acting like an animal. When you treat me with respect, and when you treat me like a human, like an equal, then I'll act like that. But until then, I'm going to have to operate in the capacity in which you, you know, put me in mm-hmm. or whatever. And then when you find, and like, and I'm kind of jumping again, when you find that, like with black people, that whole, you got to work 10 times as hard to be even uh, in the same, at the same level as the most mediocre white person. Think about what a, what a blow to your, your intelligence that is. And, like, I, I just love how Michelle Obama said she went to Princeton when she got to Princeton. And we and she never said that the white people were dumb. She never said that, but we already know who's at Princeton. When she got to Princeton, she said she looked around, and after a while she realized they're not that smart. Right. And that's the shit that be killing you. Like, even, like, dude, even at work, some of my white counterparts are like, girl, you working hard. You doing this and the other. First of all, we teach minority kids, and they already don't know anything. Yeah. You know, they don't know stuff that they should know at this level. And, yeah, I work hard because I actually care about what these kids take away when they leave this classroom, when they leave the school and they go out into the world. Every kid's not going to get it, but there are some that are going to that are gonna remember the effort that you put into it. And they tell me, like, Miss Kyle, you, you teach a lot better or you teach a lot more than some other folks. Mm-hmm. I say, yeah. Because I care at the end of the day. I get paid to do this, but I care about what you guys know. I don't want to sit here and just collect a check. Right. <clears throat> and, like, the fact that I'm working hard and some people are just sitting around complaining, I'm just like, dude. But the fact that you think that I'm working hard, I think that's a problem. Like, I feel like you should be at my level of work. Like, that's crazy to me. Like, oh, you're working hard. Girl, you probably should be printing all this shit too. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, you teaching kids. Yeah, you teaching kids that already don't find what we're doing relevant. So you gotta make it. Just you gotta you gotta actually put forth that effort. And like I think I feel like it's a disconnect. You know, when you have white teachers. Now I'm not saying that these white teachers can't connect with these kids because many of them do. They leave a lasting impact, and many of them do. So a lot of them do care. But for the most part. The ones that give up or they're always, you know, talking about that job. I do complain about my job sometimes, but I just still feel like, you know, I still have a connection with these kids. Like, I grew up in an inner city school like they did, coming from the same type of neighborhood that they did or whatever. And I remember having white teachers yelling at me like, who are you talking to? Like, you know, I, I, I can't rock with you like that. Like, and they do get, they do get defensive. That that just goes to show too. Like we need more, we need more African Americans in these schools working with these kids. Yeah. But anyway, I said all that to say, <coughs> white folks understand that you know when we are moving up the corporate ladder, when we are taking our positions of, I guess leadership, or just positions where we're we're in, where we're taking control of stuff or whatever about making boss moves. It's, it's nothing against you, yeah. but we just busted our asses. And just know to see a black person in a power position, just know how hard they work. And don't ever get it under, don't underestimate the fact, don't underestimate that person's intelligence. Yeah. Because they had to make moves and they had to endure some things. And I'm pretty sure, like, people saying things to them or trying to sabotage them, because that shit happens too. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody feeling a little salty that, okay, such and such is getting a promotion, but I'm not. Well, did you put in the work that such and such did? Yeah. That's so funny to me. So, I don't know if I told you the story. This reminds me of the time where I was going to college. I went, again, went to a PWI. And I was telling one of my teachers about what school I was getting into. Because it's like, you know. Your high like, school teacher? Yeah. What school I was going to or whatever. And why I chose it or whatever. And so, like, 
it was a, again only black person in the back of the class. I was a teacher, and maybe about three or four other white students just like around chilling. And this one guy, he's always been a fucking asshole. But he basically said, "I got into the school. I got into based off affirmative action." He said that to he you. He said that to me. And funny, it's so funny to me because at that time, my mom had never ever spoken to me about affirmative action. Like I honestly didn't even know what it was in high school. Didn't even know what affirmative action was. And when he said, that, I was like, "You know what? Maybe." Ha ha ha. Just like because I didn't know what the fuck it was. So then once I got home, I was like, "Ma, like, let me tell you what this nigga said, basically." And she was like, really? She was appalled and shocked that he Hell said that. Hell yeah. And she was like, what did you say? I was like, honestly, like, what is it? Because I don't even know what the fuck it is. And she, you know, explained affirmative action to me. And she was like, basically, it's so offensive because, yes, affirmative action helps minorities. And minorities, honestly, can be blacks, white, Asians. It doesn't matter what the fuck demographic you are because it just depends on where you're trying to get into. You know what I'm saying? It can help you get in the door, but that shit won't keep you it there. It will not. It will not fucking keep you there. And she was like, you got to go back and basically tell that nigga off. She wanted to do it for me, but I was like, nah, like, you know, it is what it is. He's an asshole, basically. But it was just so appalling that someone had the, in high school, this nigga was actually younger than me. I think he was a grade under than me, under me, and uh, told me that. And I was like, because he didn't get in, and I did. And he was like, Oh, you got in based off of affirmative action. And I was like, that's crazy. And she's like, you got to stay there. You have to, you know, do your four years. You got to prove this nigga wrong. That's one reason why I busted my ass. But it's like. The fact that he had the nerve to say that. And see, that's another thing with white people. They feel like they can say anything to you. But had you, if you, let's just say at that time you knew what affirmative action was and you read that motherfucker fulfilled. Oh, baby, he would have been pissed. Yeah. Like, crazy. like, I didn't even know, because I was just taught, like, you work hard to get the fuck you want. Because that's how it's supposed to be. Because that's what, that's what it is. So, the fact that I didn't even know what affirmative action was at that point, it was kind of like, it was slightly embarrassing. And then also, because the teacher didn't say anything. You know what I'm saying? It was a white lady. So, of course, she's not going to say anything. But it was like, I feel like, even as a white lady, you should have said something. You know what I'm saying? Like, and support me. And see, that's an adult move. That's, that's where a teacher's supposed to step up and support you yeah. know, a kid. And, like, basically, you know, stick up me. And it was, like, because throughout the whole time, like, she was my cheerleading coach. She was, like, my, she was a math teacher. She was my math teacher for, like, two or three years because she taught, like, different, you know, trig or whatever, whatever. And um, just that she just sat there. You know what I'm saying? Like, that hurt my feelings because mm-hmm. it's, like, someone that you think is for you is really not. But anyways... Um, Get, let me let, let's talk about this affirmative action thing, because <laughs> when it comes to us, it's affirmative action, but they have affirmative action too. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Affirmative action affects. Everyone. But they call it, but for them, it's legacy. Like when they get into colleges, mo- a lot of them get into college because of who your daddy is and who your daddy knows. Yeah, you know, like well, affirmative action goes all what because it affects women, white women, it affects Asians, it can affect white men if they're trying to get into like something that's Asian, like. Um, tech world you know what i'm saying that's basically asians and indians you know what you I'm you go so, on you you being very politically correct i am <laughs> it, it affects everyone it, it does affect everyone but like i feel like white folks have always had their form of affirmative action meaning you're getting you're you're being allowed into a situation that you shouldn't necessarily be allowed in because yeah. you honestly don't meet the criteria of these I'm talking about exactly yeah Yeah. I'm talking about even for them like think about how many white people you met that are not that smart right but they but they're sitting up in these uh ivy league schools and when they get out of these ivy league schools many of them are still bums living in their parents basement or that you know they get oh my god so so the the uh, there was an office manager at a school that I worked at and you know we got cool mm-hmm. and she told me the story of, like she was working like for a car company and she was an office manager there making $90,000 like and she did other things too she was making $90,000 a year so she started out working with a, her boss or whatever and he was super super cool but he eventually got promoted on somewhere else mm-hmm. well I guess the owner of the dealership decided you know I'm gonna slide my son in there the son was a complete asshole. Of course. He fucked up that whole dealership. They got audited. Of 
course. You know, he never showed up on time. And the girl who's like the office ma- the office manager at my school, my campus, she had to cover for him so many times. Like corporate would come and they would be looking for him and he wouldn't even be at work. And she would have to say, hey, he's in a meeting somewhere. He had to go meet such and such, da 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 or whatever. He basically, like, he brought his homeboys in and was paying them six-figure salaries and stuff like that. Nobody was qualified. The books and, I mean, just the, everything was so d- disorganized and stuff like that. Like, he basically ran that particular um, dealership into the ground. Yeah. But because of who you know, right, because of who you know, and yeah, you might have a degree from this prestigious school, but you don't have the criteria it takes to run a business. You're not CEO material. You're not general manager material. You're not, you're not leadership material, money. Right. Girl, that's all. Yeah, they, they got their own affirmative action. It's called who my daddy knows, and we got enough money to get me wherever I want. Mm-hmm. Bastards. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, so anyways, dear white people, our success is not a deterrent of yours. Our, we're not anyone you need to be afraid of. Um, what else what I need to know in summary? Dear white people. Um, Just know that our reality is different. Yeah, we may live in America together, but how we maneuver, how we you know, work, and just the things that we do, it's different. Like, we have to operate in a different capacity from you because, the, you know, just the odds are stacked against us. Like, people perceive us, when you see this black skin, you perceive it as a threat when it's not. Yeah. It's not at all. All right, girl. So, that's it. Anything else you want to talk about? I think I'm okay for right now. I could always keep on talking. I might do a part two later on when the spirit moves. But, uh, just for right now, that's it. Um, prayers go out to any and everyone who's outside protesting, um, trying to move the black culture forward in a positive way. Um, prayers go out to any of the true allies who are trying to help us um, because you're much needed as well. Um, and and just white people who are trying to understand. Um, so, thank you. We appreciate you. I hope this was not a white bashing <laughs> episode. I don't think we It wasn't a white it. bashing. It yeah. was just like sometimes you got to see things from a different perspective. Because I, I really don't think a lot of them understand. Yeah, most of them don't. But they're ones who are trying. So, we appreciate you guys who are trying. Um, anything else you want to say? Nah, I'm good. All right. So, that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Um, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Holla. <laughs>you guys this concludes another episode of lee and shayla life according to us it has been our pleasure chatting and sharing our life experiences with you as always please like follow and subscribe to our show on all socials instagram leah underscore shayla underscore anchor spotify and youtube lee and shayla life according to us and for future show inquiries bookings and future show topic suggestions email us at leah shay podcast at gmail.com Bye. Bye.